0: Here we go again, common past on this beat, I made it to a jam, now everything I'm at made me everything I am.
1: Bold Perceptions, welcome back, episode 140, 140, almost to 150, that's halfway to 300. At that point we can retire, you know, go buy a boat somewhere, I don't know, but it did take us 140 episodes to get you a Ghost Fit Apparel promo code ghostfit one of the sponsors of the bold perceptions podcast and now i'm giving you value monetarily what a treat 1515 off with the promo code bold on the ghostfit apparel website if you haven't heard of ghostfit i'm a little concerned i'm a little alarmed i think you've been just you know going through the motions listening to this podcast but if you don't know yet ghostfit apparel buttery soft workout clothing i only you know i not only work out in ghost fit but i take the trash out i do my laundry i work from home i do work from home every day in ghost fit literally the most comfortable clothes in my closet and it hugs the muscles it hugs the curves in the right way you feel good you look good you work good you talk good everything is good in ghost fit ghost fit or no fit telling you right now you're gonna want this stuff and now you got a promo code. I'm giving you monetary value. 15% off promo code BOLD for Ghost Fit Apparel, baby.
0: Here we go again. People talking shit, but when the shit hit the fan, everything I'm at made me everything I am. I never be picture perfect, Beyonce. Be light as Al.
1: And now company. on to the episode. Nick Gugamos, we got a hell of a story. How
0: are we doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to talk and uh share my story with you guys. It's gonna be good. And and you wear Ghost Fit, you wear Ghost Fit as well. I do wear Ghost Fit, I, I've had Ghost Fit for over four years. I had the uh some of the originals from the first collection and uh still wear it to this day. Uh, you know, I had a show with some of the guys on the Seahawks and you know we wear it uh under our practice jerseys. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's has but yeah, I think,
1: I think that might be on the, uh, the Instagram story soon for ghost Fit. So guys like, you know, Trey Lance, Niners quarterback, they're going to be taking my promo code. You know, he might be in my bold shirts and I don't know, but let's jump into this because we want to pack a punch. This is a ridiculous story. I don't even know the half of it. Apparently Nick is telling me, um, Nick, I'm just going to let you take it away. Let's, let's get rolling here. Let's get bold. Tell us why you're here a little
0: bit about yourself and, and let's roll. Already Sounds good to me. Um, it's a very long journey so just know that you're in for a wild ride, but it's worth it because it's going to be one of the most unique, uh, journeys to the NFL that you're ever going to hear. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I'm sitting here in a hotel room on Lake Washington in Seattle, um, with a bunch of other rookies now that we are, uh, you know, on the Seahawks in the NFL. And, um, We got three more weeks left of our summer off-season program, OTAs. Uh, We finished up rookie camp and we got a full team mandatory mini camp here in uh, two weeks. So pretty cool. Um, You know, definitely one of the best summers of my life and uh, in a beautiful city. So uh, the question is, how did I get here? Um, Well, I'm not exactly sure where to start, but, you know, football has always been uh, my biggest dream ever since I was uh, a little kid. My dad played in the NFL for about four years. Uh, he he was a safety and kick returner on the Vikes, and then uh, also played with the Giants and Bills uh, in the '80s. So um, definitely growing up with a dad that played in the NFL, I always kind of wanted to be like him, and you know d- develop this really strong passion for football, and uh, worked my whole life to try to get here and and it ended up happening. Um, I was never very good at football though. Um, growing up, I was always the smallest guy on my team. Um, in eighth grade, I think I was maybe like five, four, ninety 90 pounds. My freshman year of high school, I came in at like five, six, a hundred pounds. Um, the smallest out of 50 guys on that team uh, for Benilde St. Margaret's, a, a smaller uh, private school in Minnesota. Um, I then uh, got lucky and just grew a ton uh, in high school uh, to uh, 6'5 by the time I was uh, a senior, but I was extremely skinny because I grew so fast. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't play much in high school. I only had uh, one catch, but we had like three or four other college receivers on my team, and, and that's the position I played. So I just kind of got in like when we had a lead in the second half. So I never really got to play. And when uh, we lost our section championship my senior year, I honestly thought my football career was over. Um, the spring of my senior year, um, I reached out to uh, a lot of schools for engineering because that's what I wanted to major in. But I did reach out to one school uh, for football, and that was St. Thomas, where both my parents went. Um, luckily, um, Coach Caruso and the, uh, the St. Thomas football Uh, staff uh, accepted me. And, uh, you know, I got an invite to play on the team. So I ended up taking that over going to uh, engineering schools at Minnesota, and uh, Iowa State and Wisconsin. So once I, you know, accepted that, I realized that um, St. Thomas also had engineering, so I could do both. Um, So I kind of figured that, you know, engineering was probably what I was going to do someday. But at least I'd get to keep playing football. So I pulled the trigger on that and uh, went to St. Thomas. From there, um, I had a pretty bumpy start because I injured my back uh, a few weeks into my freshman year. Um, this back injury uh, basically eliminated uh, the first year of college for me uh, from a like athletic standpoint. I wasn't able to lift at all um, or run due to the injury. And I was just waiting for it to heal. When summer came around, um, it hadn't healed, and I was faced with with a decision to get surgery. Uh, the doctor said that if I got that surgery, I'd have a shot to play again. So, took the chance, got the surgery, and you know it stopped. It was painful, but um, <laughs> after another nine months of uh, rehabilitation, I was finally able to work out again. So,
1: how old are you when you get the surgery? By the way.
0: Uh, Let's see. So I got the surgery uh, somewhere after my freshman year. So I was 19 and they told you, what, what was the risk to getting the surgery? Uh, there were, you know, some risks, uh, like, you know, just that it wouldn't go well. And then I wouldn't be able to play football again. But I also, they also said that if you do want to play football again, you're going to have to get the surgery and the, the surgeon seemed pretty confident. He, he'd done it before. Um, with other people and other athletes. So, you know, I I was willing to take that chance if it meant being able to play again. So I did, I didn't realize it would take as long as it would to uh, recover, but unfortunately I I didn't get to work out at all my first two years of college. So like literally going into my third year, it was like basically going into my freshman year after not playing for two years. So like, I was not very good and I was maybe like 200 pounds uh, at 6'5". So I joined, the, uh, I joined my junior season after camp uh, with what with, with the school starts, which is just a bunch of guys who uh, didn't get camp invites and basically uh, was like, you know, eighth string or something, you know, just crazy because we had like 160 guys on the team. So I didn't even really get reps in practice. I just,
1: and let me let me what, jump in, too, for everybody out there. St. Thomas. I mean, there'll probably be some people, you know, from St. Thomas that listen to this that understand or around the area. I mean, not only are you getting these surgeries so young, and not only did you, you know, not get any big offers from D two, D one. This is a D three school at the time. We just went D one. We, I'm, I'm an alum of St. Thomas, like Nick. But I mean, this is this already is very uphill. This is very against the odds already. I just want to put this in perspective. And a lot of kids at this point being in college are not going to elect to get the surgery even. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people wouldn't have done it. So I just, I just wanted a quick footnote in there just for people to understand what's already going on, but keep going.
0: Yeah, no, Thanks for doing that. That's uh, that's a great point. Um, so yeah, junior year already uh, haven't played at all. One catch in high school, you know, Really, you know, just a nobody uh, from a football standpoint. Like, just no stats, nothing. Just a practice body, pretty much. Um, However, I I was athletic, and I knew I had potential. So, um, I decided to, uh, after the season, I decided to try uh, doing the, uh, joining the track team. So, I ran track that year for uh, a short period of time. Really only did about half the season because spring football started up and then it, it conflicted and I ended up choosing to do football. Uh, I thought it was better in my better interest. Um, I had a couple injuries. Uh, I had some really bad like tendonitis going on that spring. So I ended up just being kind of a waste and um, didn't get a whole lot better at anything. So <laughs> the, the third year, you know, at least I could work out, but uh, not, not a whole lot was accomplished. Um, it wasn't until, um, the summer after my junior year, when I started to like really uh, lift for the first time. And I went from like maybe 200 pounds to 215 pounds that summer. Like I started to get muscular. And um, I met my girlfriend that summer. Uh, it, it was a really good summer. It was uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, that is kind of when I started to take football more seriously. And uh, I got better. And um I went into my senior year, did pretty well in, 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 uh, fall camp, but not well enough to get any playing time that year. I think I was in like maybe five games. Um, but, and I was like third string, but I didn't really get uh, any passes thrown to me and, uh, wasn't even on special teams. Didn't make the travel squad. Um, but I felt like I was significantly better. Like I was beating guys in practice a lot. I just had some little things I needed to work on, like being more consistent, catching the ball, and and just being like better with my footwork. I started like experimenting a lot that year. Um, The, uh, after that season, um, I ended up finding like, I got connected to this like football trainer um, whose Instagram is TNT Academy and trained with him uh, in the spring and summer after my senior year and that's when I started to get like really good and figure myself out like that was when I finally felt like I was a good football player and it's just funny that took that long to get to that point like I was had didn't have a whole lot of coordination but now I was I was like legit I felt like I was unstoppable um I also came into my senior season like 200 or my fifth year like 225 230 pounds like I was I was big. I was strong. I was benching like 285 pounds at the time.
1: And how tall are you? Six, four, six,
0: five, six, five. Yeah. Okay. And six. that's a frame. That's a, that's an NFL frame right there. Yeah. So I, I go into my fifth year. Like, I, I feel like I'm good enough to start. Like, you know, I felt like I would have been starting at every other school in the MIAC, but I had to compete uh, against guys who were starters last year on the team. And they got a lot of, a lot of time. So that was an uphill battle. We also had some really talented freshmen come in who were just as fast or faster than me. And, um, I thought I was doing really well and I felt like I was unguardable, um, during the practices of that fifth year, but it just seemed like I just couldn't get the opportunity to play in the game. Like I I wasn't a starter. I was like a second string. And then that second string became a third string when the freshmen started making plays. Then the, you know, halfway through the season, it seemed like the coaching staff just kind of wanted to roll with the, the young guys versus me, you know, which makes sense. They wanted to develop the future and and I didn't, wasn't really much value to them. I think I could have been a, a lot of value for them, especially in the playoffs uh, just due to my size and speed, but I just don't really think I was utilized the right way. And I felt like, people thought that it was just too late to to use me. so the fifth year ended up not nothing really happened for me either. Uh, you know, didn't really play much, only one catch you know I when our when our last game of the season uh, uh, happened, we lost to Bethel uh, week 10, uh November 10th, and we didn't we didn't make the playoffs so eight and two so i thought I thought my season was over. like I was bawling my eyes, eyes out. Uh, I, mean, I mean I thought my career was over. So, um, yeah, that was a really sad day. I thought I had so much left in me, to, like fo- football-wise, and I had so much talent. that just never got to be used. It just went to waste. Um, I then uh, kind of took a fo- break from football after that point uh, and just focused on my uh, senior design engineering project that, that whole spring of my fifth year. Didn't play any football, Just just lifted weights pretty much, shot the basketball around. Um, that summer didn't play any football uh, just just lifted like on my own with like some friends <laughs> and uh, you know just kind of enjoyed some time off and then I spent time uh, doing the job search thing trying to try and make use of my degree in me- mechanical engineering uh, and then I ended up landing a manufacturing job with a med device company um, in August uh, of May 2019 so um yeah I thought football was done for me and I was you know gonna be an engineer I did become an engineer uh but then it was shortly after uh I went to the Gophers Minnesota University of Minnesota Gophers home opener uh because my brother played plays there and that was his first year and I I showed up and as I was walking in I, I saw the Jets fly over the stadium and it just got me hyped like I was just like oh my god like I miss this. Like this is football. This is college football. Like I wish I could have experienced this. He's he's so lucky. And that right there, that moment, I knew that I had to go back to football. That was it right there. The jets flying over. It was so loud.
1: Wow. I, yeah. And you remember you, you remember it, Claire's day, I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah. I, I remember it. Like exactly. I've had had the I thought back on that day many many times as a reminder. Um, so yeah, now, you know, I hadn't even played football in like nine months. You know what? Let's, let's get back to this. So then I I started training, uh, at higher power training, uh, at Eden Prairie where some NFL guys were training like, uh, Daniil Hunter, Linville Joseph, um, Laquan Treadwell, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, and, uh when I wasn't training there, I, uh, I decided to join this intramural football league at St. Thomas. So I was like, you know, a year out, but I was playing with, uh, a few guys, um, <laughs> on the intramural team there. And just like, I felt like a beast. <laughs> I was killing it. And, uh, it, it was a good time, but, but the intramural season's only a few weeks. And it, it got really cold, uh, but it was better than nothing. Um, I then started to like pursue, um, you know, Look for combine opportunities because I knew that if I wanted to play football again, like I gotta be able to show my show what I got. So I was I found some stuff like in in March, uh, in the spring, and I knew that if I just show it out at one of those, I'd get a shot maybe like in XFL or CFL. Um. So then I said, you know what, I you know what? I need some more like I need former, I need I need formal training. I need like I got this vision, but like. I need to put this thing to work. Like I need a, I need a plan. I need expertise. I need people that know what they're doing to teach me what to do. So Are you still
1: doing your med device job while you're thinking about yeah, this? Yeah, like
0: I'm still working like eight, nine hours a day at, at this engineering job. Um, I, I started doing. Uh, I was training in this batting cage um, with TNT Academy, the, the guy I mentioned earlier. Like literally in the in a batting cage on AstroTurf. That's right. That's where I started, and uh, continued to lift at higher power. But then I found out about this place called ETS, uh, co-founded by Adam Thielen, and I knew some guys from Minnesota had, had trained there, like, like Blake Cashman, and, and that's where he did his combine training, and a few other guys. But I didn't want to drive 45 minutes to their main location, so I just found this, like, new one by my house, and it was, like, mostly kids in there, like, like middle school junior high kids (laughs) but I showed up anyways kind of like late late that fall November December and got on like a like a planned out combine training regimen and like learned how to do all those tests so that's kind of where it all started and um when I was in there um it was like an hour of lifting a day and then an hour of like agility and running stuff. So it, it was really good for me. Um, got really athletic and got a lot of like my football skills back there. Um, and that was like four or five times a week. So it was, it was really good. Best bang for my buck that I could, could have gotten at the time. Um, so I, I did that for um, about three or four months all the way up until March of 2020 when I was supposed to have a combo, a couple combines, um, uh, potentially a pro day opportunity. And how did you, how did you get in touch with these
1: uh, opportunities? Are you, I mean, you're going to ETS, you're working your regular job. Are you looking out, you know, at the same time for these opportunities? Are you calling people? Are you
0: connecting? That's yes, exactly. what I was doing. Yes. I, uh, I was just on Google and I started asking around, making some phone calls. I sent them some workout videos from, from ETS. I was like, like, this is my size. These are the numbers I've been putting up. Like, I think I belong here. And most places said, yeah, like, we'll, we'll take you. Like, We don't need your film. You, you look good. <laughs> so I was, like, super excited to do that. And I felt like I was, you know, a man on a mission. Um, and I was just training as hard as I could every single day. Like, I had this vision locked in my head of playing football again. And I was going to do anything I could to make it happen. And I also knew that I also put so much time and effort into this already, like my whole life, especially uh, the past few months, that like there's no going back. Like it's now or never. I'm getting this thing, whether you like it or not. Like if I fail, it's because I didn't do good enough in front of scouts, but I needed to get in front of scouts. I just, I had had to know. I needed somebody else to see me and and tell me no, that I couldn't play football again. So I kept going and then uh, COVID happened. So all that stuff was canceled, uh, and a lot. Of, I connected with a lot of other players, and unfortunately, like all the small school guys that year, had no opportunity, no pro day, nothing, no combine. So that was really hard. That was a huge setback, a huge blow um, to, to everything. Um, I try to remain confident, though, that like eventually things would get better, and I'd still get an opportunity. So I, I looked at it as okay all right, I got, I got more time now, you know, I'm going to get bigger. I'm gonna get faster. And we're we're going to try something else. Uh, the gyms were closed. So I worked out my basement. Uh, we got a new dumbbell rack like right away before they sold out. And, uh, you know, it's still pretty cold. Like there was, there was snow on the, the local fields. So, you know, I just showed up and, uh, brought a shovel with me, shoveled the snow so I could run around. Um, my brother and I would go there together, throw the ball around. In order to get on the field, though, we had to we had to climb underneath a fence because they locked the the, uh, the fields up because of COVID. Um, so we did that a couple times a week while while training from home, and and that was for like a couple months. And then summer came around, um, and then that summer I uh, I got back with TNT Academy again. <laughs> but this time I was with a bunch of other pro guys, like several pro tight ends. And that was huge for me. And when I was in there with those guys, I was like, I felt like I belonged. Like I was faster, just as big and, you know, had some pretty solid receiver skills and footwork. So that was really helpful. And they gave me some compliments. Like, yeah, dude, like you need to keep going. So that really helped. Um, and over
1: COVID when you're going to shovel the snow and whatnot, uh, this whole time, obviously after, you know, the college career ended, I mean, of course you broke down you were like, damn, like, is this it? This is it. And you you know, you have those thoughts when COVID cancels
0: go on. sorry. No, I just, I had those thoughts all the time. I had so many negative thoughts.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you couldn't, I mean, you're human. It happens. And I, I just can't imagine once you get to the point, fast forward to 2020 when COVID hits and you got all these things going, you got all these things lined up and then it happens again. I mean, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, how, how did you, how did you stay positive and confident in this path?
0: It was very challenging. I mean, 2020, uh, uh, spring 2020 COVID happened, you know, I felt like I had not like there was no options. I had no way of playing football at the moment it had already been like a year and a half since I last played like if I talked to anybody they would have been like yeah there's no way this is gonna work out dude like did you
1: did you talk to people or did you know that that would be the response from the majority of the population so you kind of
0: stayed away from that I didn't really talk to many people because I knew that would be the response I didn't post any of this stuff on my Instagram story because I thought people would just think uh laugh at it like think that it was a joke I posted like some things on there and people, you know, asked me like, you know, are you still trying to play football? And they're like, wow, (laughs) good luck. You know? So, you know, I I decided to kind of keep it under wraps and and tell a story another day once, once I made it, like, I have a ton of workout videos saved, but, um, you asked about, you know, the thoughts I have, how I stayed positive. Um, I really just locked in on that vision. Like I thought about it every day, every single night I had it. I dreamed of football, like it was always on my mind. When I was at work, it was probably the, the biggest issue for me at work is I was always thinking about football rather than engineering, which, you know. <laughs> I mean,
1: engineering a lot to think about,
0: by the way. Like you you had a lot of things going on. It was extremely tough job and, uh, but I, I stayed true to it and I, like I said, I just knew that I put this work in and I'm, I'm not gonna quit until at least, you know, I fail. I wasn't gonna let, I wasn't just gonna quit because of COVID. I was just gonna keep going. Eventually, you know, I'd get my answer. Um, but I, I think, you know, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers on, on YouTube. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Will Smith, uh, Inky Johnson, uh, Eric Thomas, a, f- a few other people. Uh, just a lot of podcasts online to try to, like, get my, my mind right. And, and like I said earlier, I approach every single day, like, 100%. Like, I, I went in every workout, like, pre-workout caffeinated like ready to go and i was trying to hit a pr like every single day and you know once i hit 315 on the bench all right let's hit 350 and once i hit that let's hit 375 all right let's hit 405 which i ended up hitting (laughs) later down the road but um yeah so like I said, once I got through that initial COVID phase where the gyms were closed, I, I got back out on the field and I felt like a butterfly. Like I felt really good. I was with pro tight ends and I felt like, yeah, I belong here. This is, this is going to happen. Um, I just need to know what to do next. I'm not, I wasn't sure really what to do, but I did go to a combine that summer ANC combine. Uh, they had a few, few of them across the country with over a thousand guys. And, uh, I got the second highest combine score out of all of them It's mostly small school guys. But you know, when that happened, I, my phone rang like crazy. A bunch of agents called me and they're like, yeah, we, we can get you to play football again. So that's like 2020, like late, this is this, this was uh, like end of June, 2020, like middle of summer, basically. Um, while, while training with the NFL guys, but I, I killed it. And, um, from that point forward, like I looked at my numbers, I looked at the ones from the NFL Combine, and they're better than ninety plus percent of all the other tight ends. So I'm like, there's there's re- no reason that I shouldn't be able to play in the NFL. Like I'm big enough, I'm fast enough. I was like 245 pounds at the time, and uh, you know I ran a four five three. I broke the uh, the tight end broad jump record with an 11 four broad jump. So um, of all time. So that was like a, a world-class jump of all time. Yeah. Of all time. I, bro- I broke the record, but unfortunately it wasn't Incredible. an official combine. So it doesn't really count. Like you're not going to see it anywhere. Holy
1: crap. Okay. Keep going. This is, crazy. yeah.
0: So <laughs> like right then and there, like, I was like, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I've got a legitimate shot here. Like now I, I got an agent and now we just need, all I need is a workout. And and the agent I picked, you know, he's like, yeah, we're going to get you a workout, but the NFL's workout rules are really strict right now. They weren't holding any workouts during the season because of COVID. So I knew I had to wait until the spring. And um, later in the fall of 2020 um, I started looking around uh, online and, and, you know, I figured that it would be a really good idea to like maybe get some like the best training in the world, <laughs> um, like in the spring, like maybe train with the, the combine guys, the draft prospects.
1: This is so, what your agent telling you, or is this all?
0: I well, you know, it, it was a conversation we had, but I think it was my original thought. Um, but he said that he had sent guys down to, um, Pete Bomarito's performance systems down in Miami before. And, uh, it was the one of the best places to go to like, you know, and I obviously had to pay for it because I was, you know, <laughs> not a big name agent or like a draft prospect or anything. Um, so uh, I knew that I had to keep working a little bit longer just to save up for it. And um, I just kept lifting. What else did I do that fall? I played played in a couple like fight football games with some friends. <laughs> That's really all the football I got. I played, I played it seven on seven with some, high schoolers that, that summer before too, while training with the NFL guys. So that was the only competition I got. And they,
1: they did not have fun guarding you. There's no way they had fun guarding you. Oh,
0: they, they hated it. They, they hated it. I was killing it out there. <laughs> but yeah, the, the fall, the fall, I really didn't play a whole lot of football other than a couple of football games, but I really just like lifted, bulked up, got really strong. Um, and, uh, I, I reached out to, to Pete at, at Bomberitos and, uh, they invited me to come train with them. So Pete Carroll, Seahawks right. head coach. No, not, not Pete Carroll. Pete Bonmerito, the guy, the guy in in Miami. So I'm jumping ahead. I'm I'm getting too excited to talk. No, yeah. yeah. So so I go down to uh, so I, re- I quit my job and I told them that you know I I, I got I got this opportunity to keep playing football. I'm gonna be training with some draft prospects in Florida. Fortunately, I got to quit my job. But this is my dream. This and they and they were cool with that. And they said, you know what. You know, like you can come back and work for us anytime because you did you did a great job. And, you know, we wish you the wish you the best. So quit my job, really just bet on myself now and took my money and, you know, went down to Florida, got an Airbnb for four months and trained down there. And it was, you know, a, like full days, like eight hour training, every, like five or six days a week. like It was a real deal. Like I was there with a bunch of the top NFL draft prospects like. Caleb Farley, who was a first-round pick. And that dude's a free, like 6'3", ran a four-two-four. 2 four. <laughs> Unfortunately, he had uh, a back issue and didn't get to perform at his pro day, but he was, he was really good. So it was cool to train with him and against him. Um, while I was in Florida, um, I did extremely well, like, right away. And through word of mouth, like, scouts found out about me, a lot of them. And, you know, basically what they were told was like, there's this athletic freak down in Miami at Bob Marito's, and you got to see him because he's special. Like his numbers are off the chart. Mm-hmm. Um, so once the scouts were interested, uh, I knew that like, you know, get, all I need is a pro day now and for them to see me and I'll be all right. So, um, some scouts ended up requesting me into the Minnesota pro day. I was definitely the oldest guy there. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the Gophers, um, fortunately accepted me, uh, and and invited me to that with a few other guys who, um, didn't play there, uh, like Jackson Erdman from St. John's, Travis Toyman from North Dakota, uh, Shane Zilster from Mankato and and a couple other guys. So, um april came i had a great spring down florida it was one of the best springs and winters of my life 80 degrees every oh, day i
1: hate to keep jumping in but
0: yeah go ahead
1: you really you really kept this on the low because i i had no idea you were there
0: you didn't post anything about this did you no not much at all maybe just like a couple of posts like really not i didn't post any like i didn't make any instagram posts i might have posted a story every once in a while but right not much people were like what the hell is he doing down there in florida hey, hey that's tunnel vision you had freaking tunnel vision it's unbelievable but exactly going. yes I, I had tunnel vision and i apologize if i'm rambling i'm leaving out a lot of details but like no, I'm just this, trying is, to, this is all yeah. needed this is all needed yeah so you know i get down there and everybody i met was like you know who the hell is this guy like, he played d3 uh you know the first thing everybody said to me was like well how the hell how did you not play d1 like you're, you're a beast <laughs> you know i was killing it down there and, and nobody could really guard me I was running like just really fast, 40 times while, you know, on training days, jumping out of the gym, benching a ton of weight. And, you know, like, like I said earlier, I felt like I belonged and I was like, I was in the right spot. And I was one one of the best trainers in, in the world. So, um, yeah, when it, when it came time for the pro day, I quickly flew home to Minnesota and, uh, you know made it happen in front of 31 teams absolutely crushed the uh, the workout you know caught like maybe 30 balls like everything thrown at me and um you know the phone calls started coming in a lot or coming in like crazy from from many teams uh go ahead so when you're ready to do this pro
1: day, you know that 31 NFL teams are there. Like this is what you've been working for. This is what you've needed. It's not, a, it's not the bounce you've needed. I don't want to call it that, but this is basically what you knew was coming. And I mean, let's, let's say about, you know, a week out, you're obviously uber confident at this point. Cause you've been knocking down all these checkpoints. You're just, you're, you're a freak athletically. You've gotten better with the ball skills. Everything's going. Did you ever have any negative thoughts enter the inner matrix here?
0: Yeah, I did. (laughs) I had a lot of them. I was very confident. Even despite like all the stuff I did in Florida and how good I was doing. When I flew back home to Minnesota, I was so anxious. I was stressed out like crazy. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And like, I was like the, the day before I, I was like losing weight. I, w- I literally lost weight because I didn't want to eat because I was so nervous. <laughs> and, uh, it was hard to like, try to keep my weight up. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I definitely had the, ne- had those negative thoughts, but then like, I just kept watching my like workout videos and then my confidence came back. Like, Oh yeah, I've done this before. Like literally everything I'm about to do tomorrow I've done before many times. I've had more time to prepare for this than anybody else. Like these guys all played last season. I didn't. I, I trained. I trained for this. I'm ready. I'm well prepared. I'm confident. I can do it. And that's the mindset I had. And uh, when, I, when I showed up, like I was just took care of business. I knew exactly what I needed to do but did you you ever like
1: uh, when I used to play sports back in the day, this is nowhere near your level of competition at this point, but I always would visualize before the night. Do you have any weird tricks of like, you know, mindset tricks of visualizing the drills, uh, the the exact angle that you're going to run this route at compared to this route, you're visualizing the ball going into your hands. Do you, did you do any of that stuff or how did you get so confident?
0: Yeah, I did a lot of visualization. Like, for almost every single day I would literally walk through my all the drills like in my room or like you know in the hallway I would walk through my 40 start walk through the 510 5 agility walk through my footwork on the three cone and I didn't just do that right before the, the, the combo, the pro day I did it like my whole time in Florida I'd go in my hotel pool and do my 40 start underwater and just focus on my technique because I could it was slow and I could break it down I'd go to the beach and and work on the footwork because I figured like it'd be easier to to to, uh the sand it was like easier on my joints when I turned and stuff so like I did a bunch of three cone drills on the beach um I (laughs) yeah I just like walked through it many many times like in my head but also like actually in person like anywhere so those are my tricks (laughs) And I still do that. I'm doing that right now with all these plays. This playbook is is massive. It's the, the rookie camp install is bigger than my high school playbook. So. (laughs) Well, that's why we got a hard
1: stop. That's why we got a hard stop here. I can't be taking you away from the grind for too long, but okay. Fast forward or back to where we were back to the, uh, 31 teams are at the pro day. You step foot on the field, you kill it. Now what?
0: Well, uh, I knew that I did well, and uh, later, later that day, uh, I flew back to Florida, and I knew that uh, there was like a small little workout there with some free agents the, the next day, and um, there were a couple of teams there to see me and uh, like 30 other guys as free agents. The Seahawks happened to be one of them, actually, so um, I wasn't really planning to work out that day because I just had a pro day, and I was pretty sore. But, uh, you know, I figured, like, you know, if they want to see me run routes, I'll, I'll run routes. So, I kind of skipped the combine stuff and hopped in when they did the skill work. And I literally – I did even better <laughs> than I did the day before. Like, I ran just perfect routes, caught everything in front of these teams. And at the end, like, they came up to me and they were like, if you ran a 40 right now, do you think you could break a 4-7? <laughs> And I was like, I've never run a four or seven. <laughs> Let's do it. So of course I did it. Like I'm I'm gassed from this workout. It's like 85 degrees. I'm sore. And I still ran a four or five. So I I knew that they're probably gonna call me and they did later that day. <laughs> so Seattle. Seattle did. Yeah, well, I, I knew that all the teams were gonna call me and they all did, but Seattle called me. They were the first ones to call me. They called me like three hours later.
1: How many teams were there? Uh, there, was just, there was
0: only three. I was, I was hoping there would be more. But Seattle was okay. there. Are we allowed yeah. to get into
1: who they were? Or is that
0: off the record? No, I can't. I'm not going to say those. But uh, there was a couple teams, and, and they liked me. <laughs> but uh, Seattle was there, okay. and they, okay. they saw me. And they were, I think, like, right then and there, they were like, yeah, like this is, this is a guy. <laughs> so... Um, they after i ran my 40 i was like one of only a couple of guys that they they wanted to come they wanted me they wanted to measure me and like get my weight and stuff so i knew like that they were interested damn and uh, so then you know um i ended up going over to naples for a couple of days unfortunately i got covid um and that <laughs> that really sucked so it was like you know april 4th or 5th and i was in the best shape of my life and i I got COVID and this new week started and I my agents calling me like all these teams are interested they all want to fly me up for workouts and I'm like I, I can't I'm sicker than a dog like I was like I had fever for three three to five days and um I ended up literally waiting like three to four weeks before I could do anything because like I had like it would hit me hard I had like some like tight chest and, and like a really bad cough and stuff. And I had to like get, you know, positive tests and like wait a week or two before I could go anywhere. So that was, that sucked. That, that was not fun. But, um, then once that happened, a few teams, uh, found out and they were interested and Seattle is one of them. So I flew back out to Seattle, did another workout in front of every single coach on the team, basically the GM head coach, uh, against another tight end who I won't say but I ended up being their guy and they signed me the next day so uh, that's how it happened okay I mean that obviously
1: yes this, this story was long but like I, I still don't think we hit enough details because people people listening seriously don't uh, Even the St. Thomas angle, not getting a D2 or D1 offer to start this whole thing and then having a surgery and then having all these setbacks, it's just, it's, I can't even comprehend it. My, what stood out to me is how your tunnel vision, honestly, and how you really did not give a shit about what other people would think or what, what they would do in your place. Have you been, I mean, are you hard headed? Like what how did you stay so focused on this? Is
0: is it just the strength of the dream or that's a really good question. Um, I'm trying to think of a good answer that other people could take with them, but I guess I I was pretty hard-headed, like just very mentally tough this whole time. Like I, I had this vision and there was nothing that was gonna stop me from getting there. Like I literally. I had to visualize myself as like, like a movie character. And and I wanted to become that, like I want, you know, I watched like Rambo or, you know, Creed, even star Wars, like just movies that had this, like uh, not Rambo. I meant Rocky by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but my point is like, you know, I wanted to be this like main character who came from nothing and became great. And I knew I had what it took and I was willing to do anything like I. I was not going to just quit on myself. Like I'd rather, I told myself I'd rather be dead than not pursue my dream. Like, this is, this is it. I, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. Like, this is, this is what my, I want my life to be about. This is my journey. So, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of like, on, it was kind of like more of an entrepreneurial um, mindset. Like some people just, you know, don't go a traditional route and take a chance on themselves because they believe in something. They have this idea. And that's kind of how the the exact same thought process that I had. And uh, I just stuck with it. And I I believed in my idea, my vision and myself. And I knew I was going to have setbacks. That's, that's key. Like, don't expect, if you're going to chase your dream, you're going to have a lot of setbacks that you didn't expect originally. And I certainly did. Um, But I just believed in myself. I knew that like, all I had to do is just keep getting better. Like one day at a time, just, be the best version of myself I can be every single day and the results will eventually come something's gonna come out of it if you're training five six days a week like you're gonna get stronger you're gonna get faster and that's what happened
1: you can't you can't deny the work yeah. uh, you really can't deny the work
0: if you do it,
1: it the results will come exactly right?
0: so i i learned so much stuff uh in doing all those workouts like over the time like i have a lot of knowledge i trained myself the whole time like i mean i, I worked out with trainers but I did this on my own. I didn't, I wasn't part of a team that was telling me what to do. I just kind of figured out what would be best for my body. And I made my workout schedule based on that. And, um, you know, just kind of went from one place to the next until, uh, you know, I got here. So I I have a question. Obviously
1: you were, you know, you were a strong fricking kid in, in college before you even really took it to another level. Do you think it was more about, because you, you mentioned it earlier, your ball skills catching for those who don't know, uh, wasn't, you know, at the level you needed it to be. Do you think it was more so working on that weakness or was it like really exponentially increasing your strength and, you know, your broad drum and all the athletic ability traits?
0: It was less about the athleticism, honestly, because I had that. It like, I, I've always been able to jump out of the gym. I played basketball in high school and anchor could just, you know, dunk the crap out of out of it. Um, it was just honestly a cord coordination issue, which came down to a lack of practice, a lack of repetition. Playing football in Minnesota my whole life, I didn't get much repetition. I played football two months a year. I never got any game time. So I never really got any experience catching the ball. Like I just wasn't really good. And I, no one ever taught me how to run routes properly. And when you're a backup, it's just really hard <laughs> to be good. And I, So almost every single guy I met that was in my shoes quit along the way. Like I met hundreds of guys who were backups to St. Thomas and most of them quit. But I honestly thought every single year that I would have a chance to play and that I was going to get better. And, you know, (laughs) it never happened, but, you know, I just kind of had the high hopes that it could happen. So that's what kind of kept me going. And a lot of those practices were really tough. Like, halfway through my senior season, my my fifth super senior season. I wasn't getting any passes thrown to me. Um, when I was like with the ones or twos, I was only in for run plays. So I literally talked to the coaches and said, you know, I I'll, I'll go back to scout team because that's if, if that's what it takes to get balls thrown to me and show you what I can do. I'm going to go to scout team. So I went down there halfway through the season, my last year and like, just dominated, caught a bunch of balls. Like, literally, I have a 15-minute tape of all the pre- balls I caught in practice that nobody's seen other than a couple people. Couple people. But I was killing it. Like, this, I was going to get to starting DBs every day, and, like, I got so good going against them. Like, we had some really good guys right there. To this day, I still don't really know why I wasn't – why I didn't get an opportunity to play. But uh, I guess I could have just been, you know – I was a late bloomer, and you know, like I said earlier, it just didn't work out. Here we go again. Everybody's saying what's not for him, but everything I'm at made me everything I am. Here we go again.
1: Well, this this is just it shows just you don't quit, you know, and obviously you got, you know, you had guys in your corner saying, Hey, Nick, are you a freak are your releases are crazy routes are crisp. You got this, you got that. And that's kind of a metaphor for life. It's see, it's getting dark here. I'm a, i am I feel a little philosophical right now. I'm getting in touch with uh, my inner self, but I feel like it's a metaphor for life because not only are you going to have these guys, you know, praising you and keeping you going, but then you got on the tunnel vision related note, you're going to have a shit ton of people, behind you like sneering saying what the hell is he doing like he can't do this he's not coordinated and that by the way coordination a lot of people think if that's not there it's over your career is over like you got to be coordinated so how how are you how did you approach that because mm. i'm sure you had a shit ton of guys saying if you're not coordinated it's it's over
0: yeah honestly like i said i wasn't that coordinated coming into college and i feel like that developed trust issues uh with my teammates and coaches because I wasn't dependable. And uh, even though I got better and more coordinated over time through repetition and catching like as many balls as I could a day and in the off season and after practice, I was always playing catch after practice. I, I refused to leave the field. I was going to find somebody to play catch me after practice. Even if it was 20 degrees outside, I just kept on playing catch and I threw the tennis ball to myself. I played catch with my roommates inside and in, in the living room, <laughs> you know, whatever I could to, to get more coordinated. And it just naturally happened. I just, I'm, I'm like, looking back, just bomb that it. it took so long to come around. Like I didn't, I wasn't coordinated literally until that last year, but because I was coordinated the other four, I was always viewed as not coordinated or not, not trustworthy. So just, you know, it, it's frustrating, but Like I said, you know, if you you want to get more coordinated, it's possible. Um, You just got to practice. It's like somebody who wants to be a point guard in basketball. You just got to dribble everywhere. You got to dribble a lot. It's got to be like, you know, tied to your hands. And then. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. For sure. There is no shortcuts. So um, it slowly came. Some people have that coordination super early in life, like, you know, maybe in eighth grade or high school and they get scholarships because of it. And they just happen to be big. If I had it, probably that's probably would have gotten a scholarship. But uh unfortunately for me it just came super late. I was a late bloomer and um yeah, that's that's really the only answer I have, but I put a lot of hours into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, don't discredit yourself. I mean, you were a late bloomer because you put the work in. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have bloomed at all. I, yeah. And you you were willing I to I mean, the tunnel vision. Yeah,
0: I I um like my last year, I was probably catching fifty balls for every drop I had. I mean, I maybe had a drop once a week in practice, or maybe two, but that was normal. It wasn't more than anybody else. I felt like, um, so you know, I felt like I was dependable. Just a lot of people thought differently, so I had to. I had to go based on what I thought and what those who I was facing thought, versus what those above me thought. So that's what that's what kept me confident. That's what kept me telling me to keep playing football.
1: One hundred percent. And I mean, looking back on where you've you know came from and where you're at, it's not the end of the journey. Of course, like you got you got more milestones to hit and checkpoints to hit. But I'd imagine this all has manufactured a chip on your shoulder that is invaluable. Like you, I mean, it's it's so important to have that, especially now you're going against the cream of the crop. And I'd rather have a chip on the shoulder like you do, you know, with all these kind of painful memories, not painful, but I mean, motivating memories, oh, They're right? pretty
0: scarring to be honest. I, I've i had plenty of nightmares over the last couple of years about some of this stuff, but I mean, I love playing football in college. Don't be wrong. Coaching staff was phenomenal. Program was amazing. I had an excellent time there, met a lot of great people and, and got an opportunity to play football. It was great, but I do have scarring memories of just like, you know, sitting on the sideline and not being able to play and like, or making a mistake and like, you know, just, <laughs> you know, it just things like that, that, that were super frustrating, but um, yeah. yeah. What did you just say before that though? I was going to bring something up. Oh, what
1: was I going to say? I did say, I mean, I was getting into the manufacturing, the chip on the yeah. shoulder thing. I, yeah. I was going to rather have that. I would rather have that than have it all early. Yes, right? that's
0: exactly it. Yes. So, It's funny because I never had any fans cheer me on. Nobody ever got to see what I could do. That's what sucked about this whole thing. Nobody – I never got praised by any fans. I never got any love. I came from nothing. I played D3. I was a D3 backup. I I didn't even play tight end before, and now I'm playing tight end in the NFL. And, uh, (laughs) you know, that was quite the the barrier – uh, to hurdle my first day of practice, NFL practice, like uh, these guys were legit, like so fast, so big. I'd never experienced anything like it before, and I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, blocking, <laughs> I'm still working on that, but I think things are going well. Like I really think that Seattle took me because I have a lot of potential, and I got that that chip on your shoulder, like you mentioned. Well, I mean, I've seen, I watch a lot of NFL football. I've seen a lot
1: of tight ends from Seattle specifically. All of a sudden, I'm looking up. I'm looking at the fantasy football rankings. I'm like, who the hell is a Seattle tight end? That's like the 10th best fantasy football. I mean, th- my point is they use tight ends. They do. In a very interesting way. And Russell gets the ball to them very well. So, I mean, this is uh, – th- your agent had to be ecstatic that you went
0: there, right? Yeah, we thought that it would be the best team out of a few others that were interested. Um, the uh, the general manager just happened to go to St. Thomas. So, you know, that was probably you know a little bit of a factor into it. My dad, he played for Pete Curl uh, when he was uh, – Pete coached the Vikes back in the – or he was a defensive back coach in the 80s. So I thought that, you know, those plus, you know, their tight end situation plus, you know, having a new offensive coordinator, new offense that, that likes tight ends. He came from the Rams. And, uh, you know, beautiful city. It Like the stars really just aligned in, in Seattle. And I felt like they they were super interested in me from the start. And that it'd be, you know, just a very good fit. So oh, 100%. I would be happier to be.
1: No, I mean, it's it's literally a perfect fit in my mind. Um, and I know, I wish we could keep going a lot more. I know we got a hard stop, but my, my big question, the big, I think the big theme of this to tie it all together, if you haven't picked up on it yet, I mean, the obstacles that you faced are ridiculous. Uh, the tunnel vision that w- was required to keep going is ridiculous. Everything is crazy i mean it seems like it's a movie like you wanted to (laughs) you wanted it to seem like what were your biggest mental training takeaways from the tough times because obviously you you went into every workout game seven mode you wanted to hit a pr every time you wanted to be just be the freak the freakiest guy in the gym but mentally what did you learn what what were the most important lessons you learned from all those tough times okay um, man, that's,
0: it's a big question, but I know it's, a I know question. it's broad. I know
1: it's a broad question.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely just touched on, on some of the things, uh, you know, I had already mentioned, but, um, like I said, like the, the most important thing is you have to have a vision and then you have to have a plan to make that vision true, to make it a reality, to like, will it into existence. You have to rewire your thought process. You have to, to put the past behind you and lock on, lock in on what you want to be and how you're going to get there. And it doesn't matter what setbacks come. You have to. You're gonna, like I said, you have to expect setbacks, and they're going to come. And anytime they, those obstacles come at you, you got to go around them or go through them. And uh, they're just gonna make you better. And um, I suppose you, you really have to. I can't emphasize enough how. Like writing the stuff down makes a huge difference. Like, you have to have a schedule. You got to write your goals down and you got to think about that all the time. If you want to be great at something, if you want to be the master of your craft, or uh, uh, if you want your dream to come true, you got to write it down. You got to write, you got to know exactly what you're doing next Monday, where you're doing next Wednesday, next weekend. You got to have a plan and you got to have goals and you got to. One little thing at a time, and don't be afraid to set too high of a goal because if you miss, then you hit at least you still hit something. <laughs> I definitely set goals and and failed, um, but it definitely helped become helped me become uh, you know just an exceptional athlete um, the past couple of years, and it paid off when I just put up insane combine numbers, ran really fast, and made it to the NFL. So, um, other than that. Um, I'm trying to think well i mean you just you
1: literally just made my entire day with that because i love writing stuff down like i and you know manifestation people think it's a little corny i mean it's I true care. though
0: it really is, true. It is true. <laughs> well look at your story
1: i mean come on
0: yeah i just like there's a scene in um star wars empire strikes back where um luke goes to um you know dagobah where where yoda is (laughs) i'm sorry the nerds coming out of me here but luke doesn't really believe in the force he he's not concentrated he doesn't know what he doesn't have a vision but then he sees yoda this former jedi master lift his crash x-wing out of the water out of the swamp really cool scene and one of my favorite favorite movie scenes of all time and he's shown how powerful the mind is it wasn't about strength it was about his belief, his concentration on the task at hand. And I watched that scene so many times (laughs) and it helped me so much because it's like, you just have to believe it every single time, every single day, every single workout, and just know that like, you can, you can do it. You just gotta, there's no reason why you can't be what you want to be. Like I, to this day, like, why can't I be George Kittle? I'm just the same size as him just as fast, just as coordinated. um why can't i be him, you know? so you have to say why not. you got to challenge what others think. you got to challenge the status quo. you got to do what you believe in. become what you want to be. that's that's pretty yes. vague yes, but it like is. it's a,
1: no, you're eating right on the head.
0: if you want to be good at something, if you want to be different, if you want to have a unique journey in life, that's where i would start. I mean, you gotta be doing it. If you
1: want to be in the top 1%, you got to outwork the 99. It's just math. And to your point, I I've never seen star Wars, but I did not understand how I didn't, I didn't know. Is that a big theme of it? Like the power of the mind and the subconscious mind and rewiring and everything. It is.
0: I mean, it, it's, it really like, you know, obviously the, the Jedi or the, or the heroes of star Wars highly recommend watching all those, maybe, maybe not the last three that came out, the sequels, but, um, yeah, I mean, it just—it all starts like in your head and like you know, balance and and concentration and, and feeling the like what's around you. Like, it, I don't know. It, it for me, it just—it was a connection. It was nostalgic, and it translated for for what I was trying to do in life. So it, it helped me out. There was other things too, but that's just an example. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I also fun fact when I was doing this whole like, uh, training on my own thing during COVID. Um, like I already, knew, this was like over a year ago, but I, even at that time, I knew that I was probably the, the biggest, fastest person in Minnesota. Like I was looking through the other teams and I was like, yeah, they don't have a six, five tight end. They don't have a tight end that can run a four five. They don't have like, I don't know. Not many guys even had good stats. Like I was like, I'm probably one of the only guys in the state that can do what I can do. And uh, that kind of gave me a lot of confidence too. Well, here's the thing too. I mean, yes, you're you're
1: athletically a freak. I mean, your your frame is freakish, but if you don't have the confidence in your mind, the body won't. The body follows the mind. Like you, right? I mean, you need to believe that. You need to know it. There's the confidence competence loop, which sounds like you exercise completely. Uh, basically, says you know you, the more times you do it, you become more competent and confident, yeah. right? And it just goes and propels you. And I mean, the mind is needed for this. Even if you are athletically gifted like yourself, without the mindset and the goal and the brain fuel, you're not going. Anywhere.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And and like I said, like, obviously I was athletically gifted. I was stronger and faster than everybody else. But like, when it comes down to it, coordination, talent, muscle memory, that's, that's what it takes to be good at sport. It's all like technique and, and reps and stuff like that. So that's one of the things I had to work on the most, um, rather than my my athleticism that whole time, and uh, I think that's where I made the most amount of improvements. And uh, I'm happy to be able to showcase all that now that I'm in Seattle practicing every day. So,
1: but it all started with simply playing catch with your roommates with a tennis ball. Like that's like if you just bring everything back to the granular granular geez, level. I mean. You did everything. Everything led up to this moment. Everything got more important and more complex because you nailed the basics. You kept working out. You kept with the dream, everything.
0: Yeah. I, I refuse to quit, man. Like, I was, I've never been a quitter and I, I never wanted to quit. Like, I did quit some sports, but it is for a greater goal to become better football. I was never going to just quit on my dream in life and just settle. I'm not a settler. I was blessed with size, size and speed and jumping ability. And luckily I had that. And now I knew that that was the most important thing for me to have for this dream. So once I had that, I knew I just had to take care of this uh, and, you know, stick with my work ethic. that I always had keep persevering and eventually things would happen and they did
1: boom and by the way he pointed to uh his noggin everybody take care of this was to his head that's the most important thing the most important asset but yeah i'm gonna let you nick thank you for joining us but i I need to let you take care of the head because you got to study the playbook you got to get some sleep yes a couple hours that was awesome for sure so hey good luck uh clearly now everybody listening is going to have your eye their eyes on you you're going to be on a lot of fantasy football teams come on
0: i know i got a few few friends who want to draft me already some people have already got me somehow in in their dynasty league but (laughs) espn needs to fix my weight changes from 196 pounds that is not correct jesus they got you at 196 yeah that's not correct i they got that for my 2014 college roster i'm guessing but they need to get that fixed. Cause that's just not, even, I'm about 60 pounds heavier than that. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: not it. That's not it. I mean, if they do that, you're going to fly under the radar. Actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to have them keep that so I can get you late in the round.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I'm for sure going to get drafted in fantasy. The, the big thing is I got to make this 53 man roster here so I can actually get some people some points. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's doable. I got a lot to learn though. We got some tough competition out here in Seattle, some really, you know, talented experienced guys and you know experience is what i lack but i do i do have chip on my shoulder like you said i got work ethic and i got a lot of speed and potential yes, i got sir. playmaking ability so i'm yeah. hoping to put make some big plays in training camp and you know prove that i'm I'm a consistent player effective blocker and can get the playbook down so
1: well, hey, I mean, I think your most important trait, after all, is, all this has been said and done, is you are bold. You are a bold man. I think this is gonna get you far, baby. Yeah, for sure. I need that shirt that you got right there. Man. You're not gonna fit in this shirt. Trust oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hey, thank you all again. Right. Um, I'll let you go, Nick. But everybody, um, I mean, if you got a dream like this, if you want to, you know, if you want to learn the Yoda way, if the tunnel vision, reach out he's a guy, he's a, he's a person. I mean, he may be, he may big time you. I don't know. You might big time people now. We'll see. But I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys learned a lot from this. Um, a lot of it is applicable to everyday life. I mean, no matter what you want to do. So I hope this was inspiring. Share with a friend. That's what keeps us going. Remember ghost fit promo code bold gets you up to 25% off in June. My God, I'm giving you value, but Nick, any last words?
0: Yeah. I just want to say thank you to anybody listening. Um, I was really excited to share this story. Not many people have heard it. Only my close friends have seen it or heard it. So, uh, you know, you know, I appreciate your patience. I know it was long, but I hope I was able to inspire you in some way or another, or at least provide just a, an intriguing story because <laughs> I don't think there's many people out there like me, but, um, in the NFL anyways. So, uh, enjoy. Um, and feel free to reach out if you have any questions or just want to talk so yeah yes sir live bold thank you everybody people talk a shit but when the shit hit the fan everything i'm at maybe everything i am